Welcome to WP Tonic Roundtable Podcast, where a panel of leading WordPress junkies discusses the latest WordPress and internet stories of the week. Now, on with the show with your moderator, Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. This is episode 551. It's just going to be an internal show between me and Stephen. We're going to be talking about plugins and Specifically, if you've got a plugin that's been a bit naughty, as I would say, and it's um, it's really um, slowing the site down or or doing all sorts of funky stuff, and what how you deal with that. Um, so um, I will introduce my great co-host Stephen first. Stephen, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? The new yeah, ones. Yeah, my name is Steven Souter. I'm from zipfish.io. We make uh, WordPress blazing fast by optimizing the servers and the code that runs your WordPress site. You head over to zipfish.io and run a speed test. That's great. Um, like I say, we're going to be talking about all things um, WordPress plugins. Before we get into the main content of the show, I just want to talk about our major sponsor, which is Kinsta Hosting. Kinsta Hosting um, uses a WordPress-only hosting provider. It uses the power of Google Cloud. They've been going since 2013. They have over 100,000 websites hosted on their platform. Um, basically, if you're into performance, um, you should look at Kinsta. Performance for WooCommerce, performance for any WordPress LMS, or membership site um, for yourself or for your clients. So I suggest you go over to Kinsta, have a look at what they've got to offer. Um, I suggest also that you buy one of their packages. And the main thing, if you do do that, is can you tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic? It really does help the show. So on to the main content. So, Stephen, um, you got, what's the scenario? So we've got a plug-in we got like something not running on the site, something not looking correct on the site. And how do we deal, deal with that initially? Yeah, I think one of the most frustrating things working in the WordPress space, because um, like Spencer, who's part of our uh, Friday podcast, um, oftentimes says it's kind of like, you know, like this Lego block where you can take all these different pieces and assemble them together and create these really cool, unique solutions. But because we have all these pieces, what happens when one of those pieces go wrong, aka a plugin? What happens when a plugin starts throwing an error and something visually looks wrong or your checkout is getting blocked or you're trying to do something in the back end and when you try to save something, all you're doing is seeing an error. And it's super frustrating. Um, and inevitably... Generally, people's gut reaction is let's reach out to support, but like that can take, I don't know, 24 hours if you're working on it late in the evening or depending on, you know, when you're reaching out to that um, customer support team. And because it is like this Lego block, a lot of times a plugin is failing, not necessarily because of that plugin, but it could easily be other plugins that are causing a specific plugin to fail. Um, like, I don't know if any of people remember um, back when Element, I mean, who, who could forget when uh, Elementor updated to version three, um, they had their own internal issues, but then other plugins that were built on top of Elementor had their own issues to deal with. And it was kind of like this nasty stack of problems going on. Um, in the fashion you can get to a resolution, right? Like the faster you can get things up and running and get back to business. Uh, so what is the best way is, I guess, is the question that we want to answer today is like, what, what is the best way to, to go about quickly trying to solve your problem 
and fix it yourself so you don't have to wait for support to get back to you. And then ideally only have to reach out to support if you can't fix it yourself, right? If there's something actually significantly wrong with the plugin. Um, so I guess scenario, all of a sudden there's some error, error on your site. What do you do? Um, one of the biggest things that will, or most important things to look at right away is to see what is in your log, what is in your PHP error log. So um, if you don't know, almost every hosting provider out there has a log of all of the PHP errors that are coming off of your site. And this is gonna be the key to finding out what is causing that error to happen. What plugin is the plugin that is the one responsible for the problem? And if you open up your file, your error log file, it can be in different places. Sometimes you need to FTP into your server and it's like right in the root install folder of WordPress. Other times, like let's say Flywheel, um, there is a tab, I think it's in the advanced tab to download your error log. WP Engine, I forget where it is there, but sometimes you have to log into your server um, uh, admin dashboard to get access to that error log. But it, Essentially, the goal would be to find that error log so you can download it and look at it. Um, and if you've never looked at an error log before, it can look kind of scary, look kind of intimidating, because there's just lines and lines and lines and lines of uh, errors and warnings, maybe a fatal error, and then there will be like this file path after it. There'll be some sort of um, indication of what it is, like if it's a variable that can't be found or something that's not defined or a bad index of something. Um, but what you're looking for is that file path. And what you'll probably see is something like var ww slash wp content uh, slash like uh, plugins slash and then like plugin name. And you're looking for the plugin name. Like what is the name of the plugin that is causing the error? Um, warnings can primarily be like disregarded, they're important because like you don't want a warning. A warning is usually saying like, hey, something's wrong and could break or that the plugin author needs to update something. Um, but warnings rarely are the reason why something is not working. It should actually be an error or if your whole site is down, it'll be like a fatal error. Um, but a warning can also be an indication of maybe what it is. So in looking at that file path, you can indicate which plugin is causing the problem. That way you know which plugin to reach out to um, and if you have that error log open, try performing the action that caused the problem. Like, was it, can you not save a post? So if that's the problem, like the data is not saving when you try to save a post, you would just click save, reopen that error log and see what like the last couple lines are, just so you get the most recent data and recent information. Um, and so you really have two options from there. Um, one, you can deactivate the plugin because that will probably sort out your problem. Or two, find a different plugin that uh, will ideally sort out the problem. Um, or three, reach out to the developer and say, hey, this is a problem. Can you fix it? Um, and the developer of the plugin will probably have to push an update to their plugin, which can take a little bit of time, depending like how many people they have on the staff and how big of a plugin it is and how easy the problem is to solve. Um, but we kind of like earlier were talking about like these compounding problems that one plugin could be throwing an error, but it could be actually because of another plugin. So what I like to do is uh, to like quickly uh, figure out what 
the root problem is, is if you have, if there's an error, a plugin cause the error, deactivate that plugin. See if the error goes away from your log and from your site, then you know that's the plugin that's the cause. But sometimes you can deactivate a plugin and you'll still be getting errors from other plugins, which means it's probably something a little bit deeper, something farther down the path. And you need to kind of look into what exactly is going on. Um, but what happens if you can't access the logs? Um, what happens if like your server, whoever's serving your site has that locked down and you can't find them, you can't access them? Um, or if you reach out to them, they won't give them to you. Um, different server companies do different things. But um, another thing you can do is um, you can define a global variable called debug. So um, I'm just going to pull this up so I don't say it wrong. Uh, but what you want to do is uh, open up your um, open up your config file. So that's where. Um, like everything is defined, it's like wp-config.php, um, and that is your primary like configuration file for WordPress. It defines a lot of stuff. You usually never have to touch it. It's going to be in your root directory. So if you FTP into your your server and you see all your files there, um, it's going to be like the first. It's going to be right in that like first set of files that you see usually. Um, and all you have to do is you can Google this, but it, you just have to define, and then you can find the variable wp-debug comma true and that's going to print the errors to the front end of the of wordpress so like you go to the home page you'll see the errors displayed right there on the home screen um, which isn't great from like a user standpoint but if you're trying to just quickly figure out what the problem is um you can throw that into your config file and you can figure out uh kind of where those errors are coming from and start dissecting what's going on and ideally solve it um and figure out, you know, what needs to change. Or it's, a plugin you can, yeah. it's a plugin you can install that helps with that and as well. What I found is, like, if you just reach out to a plugin uh, developer and be like, hey, your plugin isn't doing X, Y, or Z, um, like, this, WooCommerce is, like, the king of this. They'll be like, well, change your theme to the store theme, deactivate every plugin except WooCommerce, and see if that fixes the problem. And it's like, well, that's not super helpful because I have a live store to run. <laughs> I, I can't change my well, that, that I was going to get on to that because everything you said I totally agree with. But I I, I think, um, especially if it's a, you know, all, you know, I'm trying to find the right words here, Stephen. If, if a site is really critical, and normally critical is it, it's making quite a bit of money for some somebody, that makes it critical normally. Um that could be a WooCommerce site. That can be a membership site. Um, normally, if the site is involved in the transaction of of money in some in some way. Now, um, I don't. I disagree with anything you've just said. It's just that I've, I think we're kind of jumping the gun a little bit because if it's if it's a critical site, we. Unless you got somebody, unless they got somebody, or they're on a retainer with a support company, um, maybe like you know you do some support. I my business does support. Unless they're on some kind of retainer, so and that retainer is at a certain level that they get critical support. I 
you know, on Sunday afternoon, if something goes down, they've got a text number and whatever activity you're enjoying at that present moment, you're going to jump out of bed or somebody from your team's going to jump out of bed, Stephen, and get it sorted. It's normally... Um, they 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 want to get up and running as quick as possible and then have the ability to have time to sort out this problem. So normally that's that's around having really great backups. That's around maybe having that row over plugin installed so you can actually row back a Pacific yeah. plugin. Yeah, that, exactly. That's also about having proper staging and having either the internal discipline or having a support plan that clearly states in it what the position of the staging site will be. Um, I will they push the latest website to the state, whoever's doing this, push the latest version of the live site to the staging site, then will the plugins be installed? Then do they have screenshots of these specific pages because these people probably are not involved in your particular website on an ongoing basis. So they can't remember what the normal layout should be. Are they going to do a test of some key functionality? If they, if this all is in part of the contract, it, it all takes time. The more time, thing, more time is spent on checking the more the more the retainer will be or more the support package will cost. So you've got to take in all these. Am I waffling, Stephen, or am I on the right track? No, that's that's a really good point. That's kind of was the direction that I was taking this here is that um, you can end up in these situations, right, where the support person is telling you to do these crazy things. Um, and you can't because it's your live site. So really... What 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 is the thing that should happen before you hit these issues? Is how have you set up your site for success as far as making sure, like you were saying, Jonathan, having those backups there, but having a proper strategy for updating plugins, updating WordPress, um, because that's oftentimes where these errors occur. Sometimes they just pop out of somewhere because of some sort of data that's been inputted into the site. Uh, maybe some code that's been added. Who knows? They can happen even when you haven't updated it. But probably 95% of the time, it comes from when a plugin has updated something or when WordPress has updated. And really, uh, like, what do they, what, what's that old adage? Like, uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, something like that. If you do the legwork ahead of time, you won't find mm. yourself in these sticky situations. And it's all, it's also it's all interwoven with security as well. This as well, but I'm just going to put this before we go. Um, I forgot when we started. I think we got um, we're coming up. We have probably got another two to three minutes, and we should go for our break. Um, is the other thing? Um, I don't know if you've noticed that I think WordPress and and plugins have got more reliable in some ways, especially the core of WordPress. But when you do get a problem, um, I've, I've, I'm sensing it, it's more severe than it used to be. It, it really, it really is. Oh, the other thing I, I, I think 
I find so frustrating um, is this new, um, you know, when you're updating something and WordPress supposedly tries to help you and it sends that crypt, you get that cryptic message. Um, your website, I forgot the, I forgot the precise word in your website is, um, is in is uh, one of your plugins is called a uh, critical error, and um, you need to do something, but you you can't even log in to the back end of your website. Yeah, you? I, th- I think the default e- email is like your site is experiencing a technical issue, and it's like starts with like "Howdy!" exclamation mark. So it's very useful, isn't it? Five point two. When you're so maybe you can give some of you know. maybe you. Um, <laughs> If you can't revert back to a, um, a backup, um, how do you deal with? How, you got any tips or insights about um, how you get into the back end of your website when you get that message? Yeah. So if you get that message and your site is completely offline and there's a critical error and you can't log, like the first thing you should try to do is log into the back end um, to see if you can still get in. And ideally, you can, and you can look at the log file, or you can um, uh, start deactivating plugins. But uh, if you get the error, the first thing you want to do is try to get to access that log file, like we were talking about earlier, so you can see what is causing the issue, because it's probably a plugin. And the fastest thing to do is deactivate the plugin that's causing the problem, or it could be a thing. Um, so step one: find the log file. Step two. Try to log into the back end so you can deactivate the plugin. If you cannot log into the back end to deactivate the plugin, your next best option is to log in via PHP MyAdmin and deactivate the plugin by editing the SQL uh, database table called WP Options, which just stores all of your options, and you can actually edit the file to take out to deactivate all of your plugins at once. Yeah, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit. Sh- you know, it's fine for you to say that, but um, the way it depends on your skill level, folks. Um, another way of dealing that if you if you've got um, FTP client or FTPS or all the other um, terms. They use to. It's basically a client allows to. Well, it's FTP. It won't be yeah, secure. If, it, if it's FTPS, it will be pretty secure. Um, log in there. Find the plugin folder and just rename it. Yes, uh, yeah, that's, uh, a, that's um, also a great way. Um, and that's a trick that will get you in. I, I'm a little bit. I think that's a little bit. I'd be more happier to do that than somebody novice goes into the MySQL actual file without your type of experience, Stephen, because if they do something without a backup of the file and they fuck, sorry, use the French, they fuck something up, they're really in a bad space sure. thing, it's aren't probably, they? You're right, you're right. That, that, that is good advice. It's better to change the file name because what happens is WordPress looks for the plugin folder name to be able to execute the code inside of it. It looks for that path. And if that path has changed, WordPress automatically won't execute that plugin because it doesn't know that it's supposed to be active or not. Um, so if you FTP into your site and you change in the plugin folder, that you're right, that, that's probably a safer way to go about it. Now, another, another, another tip is 
um, have a backup theme. Um, don't, but on the other hand, you know, you got you probably will have a setup where you got a parent, and then you have a child theme. But then um, WordPress, um, when you install WordPress, it installs about I don't know how many three four of their own themes. Well, um, I remove. I remove almost all the all the extra themes apart from one, and I always leave one. We always leave one theme, one spare theme. Um, we we keep that going, and the reason why we do, if you if we if you get a corruption of the the main theme, the parent theme, or the corruption of the child, it can take the site down, and then you can log in FTPF S whatever. And then you can activate your backup theme, and then that will probably get things up and running, and yet give you time to see what's going on with the the parent child theme. That's another little tip. Would you agree with that, Stephen? Yeah, if if it's a problem with a theme, that would um, help solve that issue. Um, yeah. See, I find a lot of people they you know they they play around. Um, I've gone into sites and. There's been over twelve to fifteen non-active themes. They've they've bought other commercial themes and they've been trying them out. And that that's the other thing. Um, database clutter can become a problem if you if you're if you're trying out different themes. If you're trying out stuff, I would always. I would always spin up a, a, a test version of WordPress, um, either on your server, you know, if you're allowed, you know, most better server environments will allow you to set up more than one website. You know, it's on the cheaper end where they won't, but or you can do it locally. Um there's some really easy local setups that you can set up on your Mac or PC um, and try out all these different themes. And then when you find one that you like, then upload it to your live website. Because all this stuff, it does leave, it leaves orphan tables. It, it leaves what I call chap in your database. When, you, when you've got a, a proper website that's really making you no money, you want to keep everything as clean, as tidy as possible. Would you agree with that? Yeah, the cleaner you can keep your website, the better. Um, yeah. And you, you don't have to worry. I, I think sometimes the whole idea of website bloat is a little bit yeah. over-dramatized at times. Like, um, if you're a site that's doing tons and tons of WooCommerce orders, that's going to create far more database entry True. than True. adding a plugin and removing a plugin. Um, it, it is something that's out I'm there. Just, I'm, I'm just clean and tidy. That's what it is. Yeah, I mean, and it's better. It's, it's better not to have extra database entries. It's better not to have a bunch of extra cruft floating around. Like, it's yeah, not... I'm, I'm, it's like the house. I'm not, I wouldn't say I, I've... I've got a bit of a cleansing problem, but I, I was known as in my other businesses as Mr. Clean. Uh, um, so I think we're going to go for a break, folks, and we'll come back, we'll be delving in this. Fascinating how you deal with naughty plugins. Um, we'll be coming back in a few moments. 
Are you a WordPress consultant, designer, or small digital agency owner? Then you need WPTonic as your trusted white-label developer partner for your next big e-learning or WooCommerce project. WPTonic has the knowledge to help you build out custom functionality that your clients need in LearnDash, Lifter LMS, and WooCommerce. WPTonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with a full, no-question-asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Find out how WP Tonic's white label services can help your agency today. Go to wp-tonic.com's homepage and book a free consultation with Jonathan. That's wp-tonic, just like the podcast. We're coming back, folks. We've had a fascinating first half of the show. Um, so we're on. Stephen's pointed out that I'm, I'm out, Mr. Clean. He's probably right, you know, about, about keeping your database sparkling, clean and tidy. But um, that's just my nature, being that I run a support company. It's become our nature, Stephen. Uh, um, keep everything clean, clean and sparkling. Database is a happy database, as they say. That's it. Keep that database. Um, so, now, the other factor is backups. And um, to say I'm not... To say that I'm a bit, um, how to put it, I've become, trying to struggle for the right word, I've really become kind of paranoid about backups. Uh, um, you can't have enough backups, can you, Stephen? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with having an extra backup. And really, like, as I've heard people say before, that um, backups are the cheapest business insurance you can ever buy. So if you have your website backed up in multiple places, that means that you have redundancy. And if there's something something catastrophic that happens, you have access then to multiple ways of restoring that data. The more backups you have, the more, the more often a backups, like hourly, daily, weekly, like a weekly backup, you can lose a week worth of work. You can lose a week worth of orders if you have to restore from that. Um, so the more backups you have, the more frequent you have, the better off and the better and the quicker you'll be able to recover from a catastrophic event. Um, one thing I, I think is really important to understand is that the way WordPress works, if you're running a WooCommerce site or a site that takes orders, if you just restore from a backup and you completely, like if you, from a week ago, any orders that you would have currently in your system will get wiped out. So if that is something that's going to happen, make sure you export or download all of those orders that happened uh, after that backup was taken so that you can re-import them or at least that you have a record of them um, because you don't want to deal with the customer nightmare of somebody, you know, of a week worth of orders just vanishing and how do you know who's supposed to get what now? Um, that can be... Well, the, way, of, the way I... I, I the way you... The way we deal with it, if it's a very active membership site, we we or if it's a this would apply to WooCommerce. Now you know most most decent hosting providers they provide thirty, sixty, sometimes ninety days out, depending on what kind of plan level you are. Normally more superior hosting providers, it's going to, you know, they're going to provide a nice interface. It's going to be literally one click. And the the restoration process is normally pretty rock solid, but you cannot, 
cannot totally rely on the hosting provider. Um, they, they are going to have, and I'm not trying to be nasty here, um, they are, you know, we've got it on our website, literally any hosting provider that knows what they're doing is going to have um, legalised um, terms and conditions saying, yes, we, we will provide a backup. Yes, we will do our best. Yes, you know, we're nice people. But no, if if we can't recover from our backup, you can't sue us. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's what's that's the term that's the terms and conditions on on my on my site. That's that you know, and it's the same terms and conditions that you find on any hosting provider that knows what they're doing. Uh, um, so you got if you, if you're dealing with um, like I say uh, a site that's that's really important to you. For the organisation, or and that normally revolves around that it's making <coughs> money. Well, not always. Sometimes it's around uh, a non-profit that has a large membership as well. You've got to have more than just relying on your hosting providers, very attractive and easy-used backup. And if it's a crucial site... Um, we suggest that you, we, that there's a, another backup system, and that's utilised daily. It's normally at some time in the early morning, where um, the load on the website is going to be at its less lessest. And we suggest that that other backup using a, a quality backup plugin. Um, it goes to a um, it's not stored on the server. It's served somewhere remote, either using using web Amazon Web Services, um, Google um, Drive, or Dropbox, depending on on the size. They they they're all pretty good solutions. Um, you can some of these um, backup plugins. Um, they only they only um, they when you do your first backup, they do a backup of the whole thing. And then they only back up anything that's changed from the first backup. And normally on the more crucial sites, you set that up so it's done daily. On the, oh, go on, sorry. I was going to say, there's, there's some even some backup plugins. Like I think um, WB Time Capsule that does it, that, that does real-time backups. So um, any change that like an order comes in, it's going to back up that order. Because um, like Jonathan was talking about earlier, um, incremental backups that don't do entire site backups. They only back up the things that change on the site, um, which is a lot more space efficient. Uh, and WP Time Capsule, I think there's one other plugin. I can't remember who it is right now, but has this idea of incremental backups and also real-time backups so that it incrementally backs, backs up things in real time. So an order comes in, it'll queue that up to get backed up. Another order comes in, queues it up to get backed up. And so when you need to restore your site, you will have all of the latest things. So it's not, you don't have the potential of a 24-hour old backup. Your backup is literally minutes old. Um, and that you can roll that all back, um, which is which is a really uh, interesting and good way for mission-critical sites. If you're running a business site that doesn't have changes, you know, on the minute-by-minute basis, something like that is probably a little overkill. But if you have an e-commerce store where you're doing, you know, 
50 orders a day, 100 orders a day, 1,000 orders a day, whatever, um, it would be important to have that incremental backup that's happening over a real time so that if something catastrophic happens, you can roll it back and you won't lose all of that data from the last 24 hours. Now, so that's the other, interesting feature that some plugins have. Yeah, that's great. Now, we also do what we call our last resort backup. And we normally do, you know, as soon as we take a client on, we normally put um, some backup software and we take a backup and we put it somewhere that we have access to, not only the client. Um, when we're talking about these other backups, we normally set it up in a folder that the client has owns, but we um, set it up so we've got access to it as well. But this 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 first backup, we do it, um, and then every six months we do a backup as well. Why do we do that? Well, when we're taking a site over, we have taken sites over. And the client has said, well, there's been there's performance problems, you know, we're and we've approached our hosting provider and it, we never got to the bottom of the and it it seems to happen and then it doesn't happen, um, but we're getting complaints, blah, 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 right? Um, well their their site's been hacked. Um, but they don't know it because they either log in as admin and some of these hacking scripts, it doesn't show up if you're actually logged in as an administrator. I had, I had this happen to a friend who actually provides support. I won't know, name him or anything, but um, he's the principal of the company. He doesn't do any of the work. He relies on other employees and their own site got hacked, but they didn't notice it because they were always logging in as admin. Um, and then somebody um, happened last week and it was somebody very notable in the WordPress community went to their website and they had blogging page about finding your next wife in Russia or something, you know. Uh, um, yeah, nothing to do with what they're selling. Um, it was a little bit embarrassing actually, but you know, it goes with the territory. So you can get these where um, it's deep inside the core. It's buried itself really deep and you just don't know it. So we, we start scanning, you know, we use Mailcare as our scanner, our virus and Mailcare scanner. And we found that to be a pretty, it really flags up some really deep buried stuff. And then we start, uh, you know, um, and then we start having to hack away, you know, trying to get this cruff out and making sure that it never reappears. So, so sometimes you can have these, when, and I've been honest here, I don't, I've, the five years I've been in support, I don't think we've had a site that we've actively been supporting and keeping everything up to date that's been hacked. Um, um, we've had plenty of people join us and their sites have been hacked, either they know it, and on a couple rare occasions, they just haven't known it's there. But um, for the reasons I've just explained, they just didn't realise. Has that happened to you, uh, Stephen? You know, with you mean clients. sites like people coming over to our service that yeah. have had hack sites. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, every once in a while, most people that have come over to our service have had experience with hacks. Yeah, yeah. Most people yeah. aren't like currently experiencing a hack is, is what, what we've seen. Um, and really they're like, we've talked about hack, like hacking before, I think on our, on our website security, we did. Yeah. Um, but like, there's like, if you do the basic things, I keep your plugins updated, have secure passwords. And it all have, helps. Yeah. Like, uh, it becomes WordPress is not that easy to hack without a weak point. And um, if you can keep everything updated, you minimize those weak and points. Also, I'll make sure that link to that um, podcast we did about security is in the show notes because we did a detailed dive about security, which was another excellent show. I think we're going to go um, wrap this up, the podcast part of the show. We'll probably continue the discussion another 10 minutes for bonus content where do you see the whole show? Well, you see the whole show plus the bonus content on the WP Tonic YouTube channel. Go there and do us a favour. Go and subscribe. Plus, there's a load of extra. Um, I've been uploading a ton of video lately about all sorts of subjects on the WP Tonic YouTube channel. Um, plus you get all this bonus content. Um, so go over there and subscribe. It'd be well worth it. So, Stephen, how can people find out more about you and what you do? Head over to zipfish.io, run a speed test, find out how we can make your site faster and book a meeting with me and I'll sit down and review your site one-on-one with you. And I've got to say, Stephen and his crew, if you're looking to increase the speed of your website, their um, their service is fantastic. I can't highly recommend it. Um, also, it, we're do, I'm doing a webinar in December. Um, it's the second Friday of the month. That will be December the 11th at 10.30 Pacific Standard Time a.m., Pacific Standard Time. Um, me and Spencer are going to be um, talking about marketing automation and how you can use half a dozen free or very inexpensive WordPress plugins to build a system that's the equivalent or better than something like ClickFunnels. And then we're going to be um, talking about how you link that to external CRM. And I think we're specifically going to be talking about but. I'm not totally sure, got to quantify this with Uncle Spencer, um, that we're going to be really talking about linking that to something like Active Campaign. So we've actually shown you a practical example how to do that. Should be a great webinar. Like I say, how do you join? You just go to the WP Tonic website um, on the main navigation, right on the right, there's a, a button that says webinar. You just go and click it and you can join, sign up and, you, and you'll be notified. It should be great. We'll see, you, um, we, we'll see you next week where it'll be either great guests or internal discussion between me and Stephen. We'll see you soon. Remember, go over to the Tonics YouTube channel and join us for the bonus content. We'll see you soon, folks. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week.